podcast is sponsored by Damo Ingredients, who provide best-in-class functional ingredients such as starches, proteins, fibres and gums, to name but a few, into food manufacturers across the UK and Ireland. I've worked with Dama on various projects for my own brand and with my clients. And what I love about working with them is their in-depth technical knowledge and their ability to apply that to the specific products that you're actually working on. So they become an extension to your own development team, supporting them with their knowledge from concept through to launch. To find out more, visit www.dama.com. Welcome to the O for Food's Sake podcast, where we unwrap the joys and struggles of working in the food industry so you can thrive in what you do best while sustaining a rewarding and fulfilling career or business. We are your hosts, Lucy Wager, food industry consultant, and Amy Wilkinson, food industry coach. We've worked in the food industry for the last 20 years, and we're here to share with you the benefit of our hindsight. Our podcast is for you to find new ways to cope with the daily struggles, but mostly to inspire you to work on what's not working to ultimately improve your career or business long term. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of O for Feed's Sake. Today, we are going to be talking about how to identify the signs of burnout and specifically looking at the four signs that you might be burnt out. Anybody that is a listener and already knows a bit about us knows that um, Amy is really open about her burnout story. Um, So we thought it'd be a really good episode to focus on some of the key signs yeah. Um, I was thinking when you introduced it, you're like, really like upbeat. And then it's like, and then and we're going to talk about burnout. <laughs> um, but I do think because I'm open about it and I talk about it a lot, I get a lot of um, DMs from people because it's obviously something that people don't really want to talk about that publicly asking me, how did you know? What were the signs? You know, what, what, how do I know whether I'm just a bit tired or whether it's burnout? So I think it's, um, well, I hope it's going to be useful just to to just talk about the things that I do identify it. But and the thing is with burnout, like there's not really a dictionary. There is a dictionary, you know, there's a dictionary definition of everything. But really, it's it's about that. It's being in a state of like physical, mental, emotional exhaustion, and usually it's been um, caused by some sort of prolonged or chronic stress that's been going on forever for a long time so when we do workshops and we talk about resilience we talk about the difference don't we between like healthy pressure and then being tipped over into stress and then that eventually becomes burnout and some of the things being like when you're like under a lot of pressure you're feeling really motivated you're like oh my goodness we've got a lot to do but we're getting on with it when you hit burnout you start to go like I can't be asked. Yeah, I don't care you lose anymore. the enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I think like when burnout was first talked about and stuff, it was very much talked about in the workplace. But I think it's important to recognise that you don't have to even be working to be burnt yeah. out. You know, it, it isn't. It yeah. isn't necessarily about just about work. And well, you can't. About, yeah. you, you can't separate. You are a whole person. And anything that's affecting you at home will be affecting you at work and vice versa. So it's not about work burnout. It's it's you. Like yeah. your And person. I think 
And I think also it's traditionally always talked about in terms of being through periods of high stress and all of that sort of stuff. But actually I've worked with, and I know other people that are burnt out in a different way. And it's almost like an apathy way. Yeah. Like if you are doing something that, whether that is inside or outside of work, that is totally misaligned with your values or, you know, like if I look back, I was in the wrong relationship. Those things are the things that can cause burnout. You know, that it isn't Mm. just, it isn't just about stress, but traditionally it's been thought of as stress. So we're going to share the four things. The first thing I will always say when I'm talking about burnout is don't just assume something is burnout. If you are, if you're feeling or thinking any of the things that we're talking about, I think it's really important to get professional help. So to speak to a GP or um, somebody, somebody like that, somebody that can check out and make sure some of the stuff that we're talking about is not indicating something else. So because, and I'm saying that because the first one that I'm going to talk about is the physical symptoms that you might see of burnout. So when I had, so I not, when I tell my burnout story, I talk about the first signs for me were headaches. So I was getting mm. ice pick headaches that were really bad, like really flawed me and meant that I had to go to, to bed now, but it could be things like, and this is where it's really hard because there is no definition and there is no like blood test that says and everybody's different like we're all different yeah and how your body reacts will be different to so if you were somebody that like I used to always get when I was younger it used to be always be throat infections tonsillitis Mm. I didn't have my tonsils out when I was in my early 20s they don't even take them out now do they it's like awful (laughs) for people that still get it now so you it's those things that when you're it's when you're run down and you start to get those symptoms more and more and more but things like fatigue are quite common so where because you've been potentially been high stressed or almost under stimulated in some way your body can is constantly in this kind of fight or flight mode and what that means is that your body then gets exhausted you know it's like it's got to it's desperate for rest and fatigue, you know, I suffered for years with chronic fatigue syndrome. Fatigue is not tiredness. Like I used to get really annoyed when I'd say something to people, you know, I've got, you know, I'm feeling fatigue today. And they'd be like, yeah, I get, I'm really tired too. And you're just like, oh, it is not the same thing. Like it is, it's, it can overwhelm you in a way where you just have to lie down and that sort of thing. So it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's fatigue does not go away when you've had a good night's sleep. That's the difference between tiredness and fatigue, um, one of the differences. But it can also, and it's this is one of the really frustrating things when you burn out, is cause insomnia. So because you're, t- you're tired, but you're wired, you can't switch mm-hmm. off, um, find it really hard to get to sleep. For years, I had to have music on to get me to sleep because my brain just wouldn't switch off. Sometimes I still do now. Um, but it can also be things like digestive issues. Um, it can be um, like muscle tension all around your shoulders or, you know, wherever you hold your tension. And you tend to um, get a lot more, you know, pick up all the bugs, pick up but and, and at the minute, like post-COVID, everybody seems to be getting more bugs anyway. Mm-hmm. But you tend to be, be more susceptible. And when I look back to my burnout years, I was constantly suffering with a cold and I very rarely suffer with it now. And 
I guess it's though it's when those physical symptoms start to get to the point where it's it's stopping you being able to do your job. It's stopping you being able to concentrate. It's stopping you doing the things that you love. You know, what I found was I was getting those physical symptoms and I got them for quite some years of the fatigue and stuff like that. And it meant that I started saying no to social events and stuff mm, like that. Like uh, it didn't let it affect my work, but I did let yeah. it affect and we my We were talking life. about this the other day, weren't we? Because you, when we were talking about um, my pedology years and you were like, yeah, I just didn't see you for like, you disappeared for seven years. And yeah. that was it because I was like, so, fo- you know, I all, 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 because I was like basically just focusing on one thing, everything else gets left because you you don't have any energy left for anything yeah. else, basically. Yeah. yeah, it's physical energy, but it's also mental energy as well, yeah. isn't it? And I guess that com- that brings us on to uh, sign number. So, that, so that's that first sign is those physical symptoms. And when, do you know what? Before we go on to the second one, I've just realized like one of the things I want to say is people used to say to me, listen to your body. And I'd be like, I have no idea what that means. Like, I don't understand what you mean. How do you listen to your body? And people you say your body's sending you messages. And I just really didn't get it. And it isn't actually sending you words, right? (laughs) What it's doing is, you know, there is a real mind-body connection. And if you are really stressed um, or think something is not right, your body will do things to send you those messages, mm. not to not make as you words. to make you stop. Yeah. It's trying and, to make you stop. Yeah, and we we talk. You know, when I tell my full burnout story, you know, it culminated the, the the burnout day. I physically couldn't move. You know, I could physically couldn't move my arms, my legs, and it was terrifying. But actually, my body had been sending me signs for months years before that, that I'd been ignoring with the headaches. And then after that, I continue to not listen to it and continue to try and push through. So it's slowing down enough. When people say, listen to your body, what that actually means is notice, notice what's going on. Notice, have you got aches and pains, you know, do some stretches and notice where you're really tight. You know, it's, it's, it's taking the time to notice those Signs, it, it's a really signs. yeah it's a really important point as well because i think this is that this is also about noticing possible signs in other people as well mm-hmm. because um because you've told me your burnout story and you had these like head ice pick headaches my husband is a type kind of person that always says he's tired like from the day i met him He's told me every single day that he's had a long day and he's very tired. So it becomes like white noise. But he's he's got a busy, big job. Yeah. And he's he suddenly started saying a few months ago, he's getting these like really sharp pains in his head. like his pain. And I was like, and he'd been saying probably more. And because I'm, I've been educated by Amy on like the signs of burnout, that made me like really take notice. And I'm I'm much more mindful and I'm sort of, you know, make an effort to make sure that he's, you know, properly resting and listening to his body and he's doing mindfulness stuff and yoga and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just think that's worth saying because it's it's not just about seeing the signs in yourself, but also having the information to help other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. So there's the physical signs, but then there's also that emotional exhaustion that goes on so you you feel drained you feel depleted and you get a lot more overwhelmed a lot more quickly and 
it's something and and there's lots of research and uh, and all of that and there's lots of different schools of thought on this but my personal view is around that effectively your nervous system is completely dysregulated and um, so it's something that you once upon a time might not have bothered you at all absolutely sends you off the, <laughs> you know off the cliff edge and you know we all know what it's like like if you're busy and there's a lot going on you might get snappier but it's it almost becomes like that becomes your new state of being so mm. you're just a bit more miserable a bit more apathetic you know you sort of sit in meetings and you just think oh flipping heck I can't I'm not even going to speak can't even be asked what's the bloody point you know and you know we all have days like that but if you're having weeks and months of feeling like that it might be a sign that you're heading um towards some sort of burnout and the scary thing is that what starts out as apathy can start to lead to mental health issues. You know, it can it can lead to depression, it can lead to anxiety. And those are, you know, I, again, I, I talk openly about the fact that I have suffered with those things um, myself. And yeah, it just, it doesn't feel great. It feels like you, you just don't care as much about stuff. And it, it, particularly if you're somebody like me, who's always been really passionate, you know, I found that I just completely lost my passion for the job and for the industry. And, you know, I talk about the burnout 10 years ago, but actually when I made the decision to move out of my last employed role and go self-employed, it was partly because I could see myself heading there again. You know, I was feeling mm. that I, it, the physical symptoms and stuff were, you know, much better at managing those. So those weren't coming, but this emotional exhaustion and feeling that apathy for the job was starting to come and I knew mm. I needed to make a change. So emotional, you know, think about what's going on. Think about, um, you know, are you snapping more? Do you just feel a bit more meh? But like, it's normal to feel meh every so often, but it's like that your constant state of being at the moment, you might be heading towards some sort of burnout. And then the other thing is when you're feeling the first two, so you're feeling physically drained, you're feeling emotionally drained, you actually start to become less productive. So you might find that you're less productive at work, things that were really easy to do before, um, you just don't get done as efficiently. You're not, you know, you're not on fire in the same way as you normally would be. And you might find it hard to focus, hard to concentrate on stuff. And it can also, you know, it can manifest at home, like noticing that, you know, oh, I haven't cleaned and tidied. And, you know, like it's almost like you, you, you just don't feel like you have got your shit together. And again, I feel like we all feel like that sometimes. But again, it's that <laughs> Lucy saying. I, I just say, I think that that's just me, just <laughs> normally. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and this is the thing. This is this is it's nuanced, isn't it? It's different yeah. for everybody. Yeah. It's it changes. Actually... It's 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 noticing what's different for you, isn't yeah. it? Like, if I if my house suddenly became completely decluttered <laughs> and perfect, then everybody needs to seriously worry about me because something happened. So the doom piles aren't there anymore. It's, yeah. the same, it's the same in my house, don't worry. So it's not about if your house is untidy. Uh, if you're an untidy person, it's just untidy. No, it's about um, 
where you used to be on fire with things and you are just becoming less productive, you're more likely to procrastinate, you're not meeting the deadlines in the same way that you would do. And the other one is when, and and I definitely felt this towards, this was like early 2020 before I then sort of late 2020 went self-employed, I started to feel like I was not as creative and I didn't, you know, like I've always thrived on being creative, join the dots, doing like amazing presentations and think like wanting to get involved in projects and do the problem solving bits. And I just was like, nah, can't bother. Mm. And, you know, that at work, it can lead to you not performing as well in your job and that can hold you back. And, and, and again, I'm just thinking about what you were saying about noticing it in other people. Mm. You, can, you can see that when that happens yeah. to your colleagues and you're like, what's going on for you? Um, but, and, and I think for me, it also meant that I missed some of the opportunities because I just got so apathetic um, and, you know, not as productive as I had been. So then when opportunities came up, I just kept my head down and didn't want to get involved in them. And then I ended up frustrated because I'm like, oh, I'm getting overlooked. It's like, mm. well, because you're not being very productive and you, you, you're getting your head down. It's like a vicious cycle, isn't it? Yeah. In, in yeah. Sense, yeah. Oh, this episode's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> How do we lighten it up, Lucy? This um, is your idea. I know. I know. Well, it's only because people, people it, no, ask this. No, it's not depressing. It's, it's an important, it's, it's only depressing if you let it get to this stage. I think what we're saying is, these are the things to look out for and there's things that you can do about it. And it's a really important message. You know, not every episode has to be um, joyous and high fives and well, hugs. Hello, it's not. <laughs> we don't get yeah. cold disruptors for, for, for talking yeah. about boring bland stuff. But yeah, okay. So, all right, I'll carry on then because I'm like, God, I can't, I'm burning <laughs> out in this episode. We're nearly there. Well, and the fourth one is that really, they all tie up quite closely together, but that fourth one is about that feeling like something is missing. So that lack of feeling dissatisfied in your life, uh-huh. it, whether that's your work life or your, your, you're just feeling unfulfilled. It's that disengaged, disillusioned mm. kind of feeling with your job. Um, and you... And this is where I was talking about, like, it might be where you're just feeling completely disconnected from your own personal values, your passion, that feeling of purpose that can really lead, can be a sign and can lead to burnout where you're just living a kind of life that's really misaligned. Yeah. Can I ask you a question on this, Amy? Mm -hmm. So, because I'm I'm, I'm going through all this thinking that there's some obvious solutions to, to a lot of these, but I'm, I'm thinking some people might be thinking, well, this is me, mm-hmm. but I can't do anything about it because I can't leave my job. I've got a mortgage to pay. There's a cost of living crisis. The world's yeah. going to shit, yeah. which can then create this even, you know, make it even worse, basically. <laughs> but uh, on which is this not one, what we're about. <laughs> yeah. On this one, I'm just thinking like, if that's the case, are there things that you can do that outside of work, like, can you sort of compartmentalize it and think, right, I'm not happy at work, but I have got to stick the course, but I'm going to address it in this way by finding that passion outside of work and like getting the balance. Yeah. I I think there really is because I think a lot of people think that their purpose has to be their job. 
you know, because that feeling of lack of satisfaction can be because you're not living to your values. You're not, not, and it, purpose and your job do not have to be the same thing. With like, I feel like I'm lucky because I've found a, you know, well, I haven't yeah. found it. I've created yeah. Yeah. a job that is, um, that feels really aligned with my purpose. But sometimes your job is just about paying the mortgage and, yeah. and that's okay. Like sometimes it has to be, particularly at certain life stages. So it absolutely is thinking about other ways in which you can live to those values. So, you know, it could be volunteering. You might think, God, I haven't got time for, to do that. It could be just, uh, you know, like being outdoors and being in nature, mm. like doing something yeah. that is just... Carving out the time to, yeah, to, to, yeah. yeah, finding it's, a way to do it. Yeah. And those things, like whether, you know, if it's... If part of your passion is like read, you know, is is reading books and stuff like that, but just finding, you know, you might not have an hour a day to do that, but finding five minutes a day where you yeah. can let yourself have those little moments of joy, because that's part of what happens when you get to a state of burnout. It just feels like there's no joy in your life. Like yeah. you're just going through the motions. And even when, when I think back to my burnout, even when I, had all of my friends around me and I was doing, mm. you know, doing socializing and stuff like that because it all was so misaligned. I just, I just didn't feel any joy inside. And that, you know, that's partly mental health issues around, you know, that feeling of depression, but it, I'd got there because of all the, of these other signs that I'd ignored these other signs. I'd ignored the physical signs of stress. I'd ignored the fact that I was, arguing with my partner all the time that I wasn't feeling as productive at work and that I just wasn't feeling like when I look back I'd been searching for something I'd moved from MPD into commercial because I was searching for something and I wasn't finding what that thing Mm. was Mm. and it turns out it wasn't just about the job you know it's about so many other things so you know I think if people are listening and thinking, yeah, I feel all of these things, what the hell do I do? I think um, I was going to say particularly with the physical symptoms, but I actually think not just with the physical symptoms. If you are feeling more emotional and you're feeling, um, you know, some of the feeling more anxious, feeling more just not like yourself, they are all reasons to go and see a GP, which I know is hard to do in the world at the moment, but it is really important to get that medical advice. So right back when I was burnt out, I had lots and lots of blood tests because it was really important to make sure that it wasn't something mm. more serious. Not that burnout isn't serious because it is serious. Um, life-threatening. You know, life-threatening. Um, so, so I would definitely do that as the starting point. The next thing I would do is talk to somebody because the thing is when you are in that state and like I really isolated myself from my friends and from from everybody when I was feeling like that and I didn't tell people, you know, people probably could see it happening but I wasn't mm. talking to people and I felt really alone and actually talking to a trusted fa- friend, family member, you know, or a professional is really, really important. And it's the starting point to being able to do something about it. Because the other thing that we do, and we talk in the past, haven't we, about negativity bias and all of that, mm-hmm. is we catastrophize in our own heads. Yeah. And actually, as soon as you say something out loud to somebody else, like, I think I might be heading to burn out, 
it takes this massive load off your shoulders um, and you can start to talk things through and you can realize things aren't as bad as they are. Uh, as as they feel like they are, or you can start to come up with solutions of of you know, we've talked about collaboration in the past. You know, it's it's two heads are better than one. So definitely talk to people. The other thing I would do is do nothing, <laughs> go somewhere and really really recharge your batteries. I was listening to a podcast the other day. Um, it was the diary of a CEO it's Deepak Chopra on there he was one of my like gurus like right at my burnout time that he's quite out there though like in terms of like the meditation world and stuff oh my god it's like whole next level he's talking about like transcendence and this and the other (laughs) but he you know he says you know we've become human doings not human Mm, beings mm. and You've just got to, you know, find ways to really recharge your batteries. And I always go on about, I go to wrap the water and I love the sound of the water and being outdoors. And that's my thing. But what is your thing that you can do to recharge your batteries? Because getting more rest and time out is so important when you're feeling in this burnout state. And doing, you know, we've already talked about doing some of the things that bring you joy. And sometimes that's really hard to remember what those things are when you are in this state of burnout. So it could be just think back to what you enjoyed doing as a kid. You know, um, it could be coloring books, you know, it's just just doing things that are going to. And again, it doesn't need to be a big thing, but just little things that make life feel less heavy and more joyous in some ways. And, you know, we in our resilience workshops, we talk about, you know, the the areas of the resilience toolkit. So really checking in with yourself, having a better understanding of like those physical symptoms, but also emotionally what's going on for you. But it's all the self-care stuff, you know, it's all that boring, dull stuff that we know we should be doing and we don't do. It's really important. Um, And the, you know, those support networks are so important as well. But there is a mindset thing as well. So uh, when you get into a state of burnout, you can, those automatic negative thoughts can spiral and can be more and more negative, which is why it's so important to talk to other people Mm. and also learn to reframe things. So that was a massive thing in my recovery because I would get a physical symptom and I would be like, oh my God, here we go again. I'm going to end up in bed again. And lo and behold, I would end up in bed again because my brain's believing it. My body's believing it. It all feels so heavy. Mm. And I've learned to retrain my brain to not just assume the worst all the time. Yeah. Um, And that can be really, really helpful. But what I do want to say is I was burnt out and I recovered and it wasn't easy and um, it does take time. And if you feel yourself heading towards that way, nip it in the bud as soon as you yeah. can. Because the thing is, with the right support, with the right self-care, you totally can overcome burnout. You can rediscover all of that joy in your life. You can enjoy doing your job again. Um, but you... It, it it's not going to happen without you intervening mm. um, yourself in some sort of way. And that's why it's important to identify these things to, to do something about it and not ignore it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, why we like talking about it on the podcast so we can keep each other accountable. And- yeah. And I do, you know, I still have those moments where I'm like, 
but it's it's knowing those things it's knowing the signs it's knowing that you know i'm going to get those physical symptoms i'm going to get snappier i'm going to fanny around and not do as good a job as <laughs> i should be doing and just that feeling of not feeling not feeling as satisfied with life uh, mm. all signs of that burnout so mm. um yeah so if you get if you're seeing those signs do reach out and talk to somebody do talk to your gp um but in the first instance, if that feels too big and scary, just reach out to a trusted friend or colleague mm. and, and talk about it or message me um, and we can have a little chat. My my DMs are always open on LinkedIn and I keep saying this on the podcast and I'm like, I get so many messages now. So if I don't reply straight away. Why do you say that? Well, don't say that. <laughs> I'm not going to rescue you, but I can signpost you to some of the, the resources that uh, might be helpful for you. Um, but I might not answer straight away because my DMs get quite full. Because she's trying not to burn out again. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and I've done, you know, I've done so much work and had therapy and all of that. And I know part of the reason I burnt out was because I was a rescuer, you know, and I I wanted to help everybody else. And I still want to help people, but I do it with boundaries. Yeah. Like I'm saying, you can DM me. I'm not saying, I'm not saying phone me. Do not phone me. Yeah. And, and the thing, and that's, you know, we have got a lot of episodes which address like ways to prevent burnout. And, you know, so there's, there, there are a lot of resources if you if you look at the website as well. Um, that, that is what I will do. If you DM me, I will, I will yeah. um, direct you to the most useful yeah. um, podcast episodes. But thank but, you, Amy. That's, it was really, it's really useful just to, to summarize these things and keep it front of mind i know it's this isn't this is a you know harder going episode than than some of our (laughs) other episodes but i think it's really it's a really important topic and i think it's good to keep it front of mind and you know because life is hard at the moment things have got you know we're living through a difficult time at the moment so we all need to look after each other and look after ourselves we do we do um and yeah let, let us know if this episode has resonated or helped or, yeah, and let us know do. if you've got any questions and we will see you next time see you next time thank you for joining us today and we hope that this has been useful to you as ever we would love it if you could rate and review the podcast on your podcast app it really does help us reach and support more foodies out there We'd also love it if you'd come and join us in the Facebook group, the O for Food Sake community. And if you want to get in touch with us personally, Lucy is available for consultancy advice and training and can be found on LinkedIn as Lucy Wager. And if you want to reach out to Amy for any one-to-one coaching, group facilitation or training, then contact her on LinkedIn at Amy Wilkinson Coach. Thanks for listening and see you next time. See you next time. podcast is sponsored by Damer Ingredients, who provide best-in-class functional ingredients such as starches, proteins, fibres and gums, to name but a few, into food manufacturers across the UK and Ireland. I've worked with Damer on various projects for my own brand and with my clients, and what I love about working with them is their in-depth technical knowledge and their ability to apply that to the specific products that you're actually working on. So they become an extension to your own development team, supporting them with their knowledge from concept through to launch. To find out more, visit www.dama.com.